From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Well, what a week and still the war against the WIA goes on. I was taken to task why this news service did not carry the item from a splinter group. Well, why not call a spade a spade and call it Arasa? It was even suggested to me by that club's treasurer last week basically to do a stop press. So why did it not appear on VK's mainstream news service? Mainly because it did not appear to stack up. It was not ratified by our own president, nor did it appear on WIA sites or ACMA sites. A nice idea nonetheless to commemorate the passing of HRH Queen Elizabeth II by using AX, but seeing through the innuendo, it was clear to this little baker baker, it was illegal. Now, to those who received a copy of this suggestion via the WIA News Broadcaster's mailer, I apologise. In some 20 years plus, this was the first time somebody posted to it a note other than something to do with the retransmission of the news, Jota or RD contest. Now, those on Facebook and in the WIA Facebook group should read the item put out several days ago by the WIA clarifying this illegality of using AX as suggested. Also, the excellent Facebook post by Grant Willis, VK5GR. Grant summed it up in a nutshell. So, from Graham, VK4BB, news editor, with a personal preface to this news this week, it's to WIA Secretary Peter Klee. Thanks, Graham. And good morning, members and listeners. Our members are deeply saddened by the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. She has been the only head of state many Australians have known. Some of our members will also recall King George VI, the father of Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth II was the embodiment of grace, class, dignity and strength. She left her mark on history and will be sadly missed. Our thoughts are with all of the members of the royal family at this sad time. In board comment last week by WIA board member Steve Green, VK2TSG, we are reviewing and constituting the functions of most WIA groups and committees. Some time ago, we called for expressions of interest from members to join the WIA Education Committee. At the time, we received a number of such, such expressions but need to expand the group to be included in this committee. Previously, the Education Committee were involved as part of the ACMA syllabus review. The Board are currently reviewing the terms of reference for the WIA Education Committee and the Board have several specific projects in mind for that committee to undertake, including that of the current syllabus review and also looking at future syllabus requirements. We would also like the committee to review current and future education material. So we again request that any member who would like to join the WIA Education Committee should submit their expression of interest to the Secretary and include a summary of their capabilities and experience applicable to the needs of such a committee. That email address is in the text version of this broadcast. I'm Peter Clee, VK AZZ, coming to you from Darwin in Australia's north. VK1WIA. This is Greg, VK2GPK. The Wireless Institute of Australia, the WIA, is, as most of our news broadcast listeners are aware, is a volunteer-based not-for-profit organisation that originated in 1910, over 112 years ago. The WIA is the sole Australian national organisation of radio amateurs recognised internationally by the IARU, 
the International Amateur Radio Union. In 2004, it transitioned to a single national organisation incorporated as a public company. It had previously been a state-based federated organisation with a federal committee consisting of state representatives. Interestingly, this transition was primarily initiated following a formal request from the Australian Spectrum Regulator at that time. The Spectrum Regulator has had a number of names over the years and was originally called the PMG Radio Branch. Its current incarnation is called the Australian Communications and Media Authority, or more commonly by its acronym, the ACMA. So why did ACMA's predecessor want the multiple state and territory WI organisations to transition to a single national peak body? Because, in a nutshell, the regulator found it had become very difficult, if not impossible, to deal effectively with multiple organisations that couldn't agree on issues impacting the radio amateur service. The lack of a cohesive body for the amateur radio service was exacerbated by legislative changes that were transforming the RADCOM Act around the time of the new millennium. In the last decade, ACMA has been subject to year-on-year budget cuts, euphemistically called by the politicians efficiency dividends. This has led to a dramatic drop in staff numbers, and in particular technical staff, both in the office and in the field. Many senior executives over the years were actually radio amateurs and or had a long association with dealing with the amateur radio service. But over the last four or five years, these staff have either retired or taken redundancy. The redundancy is part of the ongoing budget cuts. The move as a preferred option to a class licence by the ACMA is primarily, in the author's opinion, motivated by savings to the ACMA rather than any tangible benefits to the AR community. The reduction in technical capability and any direct affiliation with the amateur cohort is negatively impacting us as radio amateurs, and the ACMA has become increasingly more dependent on getting advice through consultations. In fact, the ACMA has itself contributed directly to making dealing with the radio community more difficult and divisive by giving seemingly unwarranted credibility to a splinter AR group with a comparatively small member base. In fact, the ACMA actually mistakenly referred to them as an alternative peak body to the WA, although they quickly walked this back. There are, in fact, far larger and far more representative AR groups such as AR uh, Vic, AR New South Wales and Alara, all of which are closely aligned to the WI as affiliated clubs. The apparent recognition of an AR splinter group by the ACMA has led to a deja vu repeat of history for the ACMA in creating the same type of problems they sought to avoid in the early 2000s, trying to deal with differing opinions with little common ground from multiple organisations. In fact, the situation is much worse than before due to the constant vitriol and misinformation that emanates from the splinter group. The ACMA has even had to issue public statements retracting false claims published by the splinter group. On another subject, the 2021 census data recorded a 19% drop in volunteering since the last snapshot in 2016. The finding is backed up by more regular in-depth social surveys done by the ABS. The number of Australians volunteering has reduced significantly in recent years. This is impacting the WA, for instance, as in the last few years we've only had enough nominations for director positions to actually require an election every other year. Plus, we don't have an even distribution of directors from the various states and territories. The time for director nominations is coming up soon towards the end of the year. 
So if you think you have the skills to help manage and shape the future of the WIA and would also like to give back to the radio amateur community, please considering nominating. This is Greg, VK2GPK. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. There was a certain confusion caused by messages put out that the AX prefix might be used as a memorial to Her Majesty. It was noted that this was contrary to our rulebook, the LCDs, and an inference was drawn that compliance action was not a priority by the ACMA. Apart from the fact that pirate operation would invalidate any claims for contacts submitted for awards, it was a fact that the spirit of our pursuit was being called into disrepute that worried many operators. We should not encourage the breach of the regulations under which we are licensed. It can be hoped that no supposedly sanctioned breaches are advertised in future. As a service, we strive to be correct in our operations and not place our regulator in an embarrassing position. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Leading this week's international news, RTTY Intruder. Especially on the 40 metre band, there's always radio services that have got no place being there. Sometimes these are hard to recognise as intruders. This is the case for transmissions on 7080 kHz. At first glance, it looks like a legal amateur radio RTTY signal. Taking a closer look, it becomes clear that this particular FSK mode is not used in amateur radio. The speed is 50 board, with a shift of 200 Hz instead of the typical 425 Hz shift. This method, called CIS 5050, is used primarily by the Russian Navy. A similar emission can be observed on 7088 kHz. Radio amateurs are not afraid of a blackout. Switzerland's USKA reports there are almost 4,000 enthusiastic radio amateurs throughout Switzerland. They met September 18th for the Swiss Emergency Contest to test their equipment. A translation of the USKA post reads, The internet has not killed them. The radio amateurs all over the world have not become entangled in the net. We have batteries and solar cells. You can also send emails or compressed photos. Above all, the possibility of communicating with the whole world since the waves are reflected in the upper layers of the atmosphere. Enthusiasts demonstrated last Sunday in the Bain de Paquis to test the signals that will be the only means of communication in the event of a blackout. In the event of a power failure, ham radio works. In Region 2, Radio Amateurs of Canada, RAC, the National Association for Amateur Radio in Canada, is conducting a survey to enable them, RAC, to better serve Canadian amateurs. The survey is open to anyone holding a Canadian certificate and call sign. The survey is comprehensive and it covers such questions as should Canadian amateurs be required to change their call signs when they move to another region of Canada? Should Canadian amateurs be required to reconfirm their call signs every few years? Should call signs with one suffix letter be issued as permanent personal call signs? Should call signs with prefixes other than the traditional Victor Alpha, Victor Echo, Victor Oscar and Victor Yankee prefixes 
be issued as permanent personal call signs. Other topics include rules on two-letter suffixed call signs, rules on the handling of the call signs of deceased amateurs, special prefix authorizations, special event call sign authorizations. Now here's a nice story. 104-year-old Radio Ham is on the air. ARRL report one of their members, Oscar Norris, Whiskey 4 Oscar X-Ray Hotel of North Carolina, turned 105 September 25 and he is still on the air. Whiskey 4 Oscar Hotel X-Ray lost his sight when he was 24 and it was his blindness that led him to amateur radio. He earned his licence in 1949 and he's been on the air for 73 years. These days, he communicates mostly using DMR. To honour his 105th birthday, the special event station November 1 Oscar until 8pm UTC on October 1 on HF 2 metres, 1.25 metres and 70 centimetres CW, SSB, FT4, FT8, DMR and D-Star. And rounding up the international news from Region 3, NZART, 100-year celebrations and future conferences. Auckland branches will host the 100-year annual conference in 2026. Furthermore, Council has formed a subcommittee led by Daniel Zulu-Lima Delta Romeo Victor to make preparations to commemorate the NZART centennial. And also in news from New Zealand, a total of 118 successful examination passes were achieved for 2021, a record in recent years for NZART. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, Contest Wise 2022. WIA NZART Oceania Contest CW, second full weekend in October 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday Phone First full weekend in October 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday Log deadline for all logs will be 31 October Spring Digital Run Contest, second weekend in October Hi, this is Tim, VK1TTY on behalf of the Pride Radio Group, I'd like to introduce the Spring Digital Run Contest, held on the second weekend of October. That's the 8th through to the 9th, starting from 00 UTC Saturday till 00 UTC Sunday. This contest is encouraging all operators to get on the air and partake in this friendly event. The modes will be FT4, FT8, JT9, JT65, RTTY, and of course, PSK taking a page from the ARRL Worldwide Digital Mode Contest that was held recently. This has its own unique spin to it. This event will be held on 80, 40, 20, 15, 10, 6, 2 and 70 centimetres, thus allowing access to those who do not have HF at their shacks to take part, while also encouraging the use of the 6, 2 and 70 centimetre bands. This contest will be split into four-hour blocks with categories of single operator, single operator multi-radio, multi-single and multi-multi. The exchange is your signal report between operators. All other information can be found at our website at prideradio.group forward slash spring digital run. 
We hope to see you on the air this October. Until next time, 73 from VK1, TTY and the Pride Radio Group. Thanks, Tim. Now news regarding the OK-OMDX contest. Carol, OK1CF, CRC HF Manager, announced on September the 16th that due to current events, the CRC, Czech Radio Club, has decided to reject stations from Russia and Belarus from participation in the OKOMDXSSB contest, which is scheduled to take place in November 12 and 13. WIA VHF UHF Field Days, Spring. 0100 hours UTC Saturday 26 through 0059 hours UTC Sunday 27 November. 160 metre CW contest, AWRL sponsored. Objective is for amateurs worldwide to exchange information with W stroke V amateurs on 160 metre CW. Dates First full weekend in December, December 2 to 4, 2022. Contest period Begins 2200 hours UTC Friday, ends 1559 hours UTC Sunday. This is a 42 hour period with no time limitation. Logs are due within 7 days after the event is over. 10 meter contest, AWL sponsored. Framed is worldwide to exchange curious information with as many stations as possible on the 10 meter band. Dates Second full week in December. Start 0000 hours UTC Saturday, runs through 2359 hours UTC Sunday, December 10, 11, 2022. Logs are due within 7 days after the event is over. DX Window K4C Stroke 75 United States Special Event Operators from Northern Virginia are using the special call sign K4C Stroke 75 to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, until September 30. QSL manager is N4JR. 9H Malta, special call sign. Members of the Marconi Amateur Radio Circle, call 9H1MRC, have activated the special call sign 9H6QE on the island of Malta to celebrate the life and remember of Queen Elizabeth II. Activity will last until October the 14th and will be on 20, 17, 15, 12 and 10 metres. France PC2F will be active as PF01 Max until the 20th of November over the 22 Grand Prix begins with this year's FIA Formula 1 World Championship. For PF01 Max, you QSL via PC2F either direct, via the Bureau, Logbook of the World or eQSL. BBC Centenary Special Event, GB100 BBC. Members of the BBC's Radio Club, the London BBC Radio Group, have been granted an exceptional all-year special event call sign to help celebrate the BBC Centenary Year. GB100 BBC operates throughout the year, from the Headquarters Station and Broadcasting House, London. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Bruce, vk 3 F. Defence. SK7RN. Total Defence Day on Uland. Sweden's SSA reports the Uland Island Amateur Radio Society 
SK7RN will be promoting the hobby at this year's Total Defence Day on Saturday, October 1st. SK7RN has, as earlier this year, an important role to play as a mediator of radio traffic between air and ground management during the big Total Defence Day on Uland during the Harvest Festival there. This year, SK7RN has been further commissioned by the management of the Total Defence Day to inform the audience about amateur radio in general and what it can mean for society in a situation of crisis in particular. In addition, they will show emergency radio systems where the island's repeaters are connected to others in the rest of Sweden via, among other things, SVX Link. Worldwide special interest groups, Faith, Anglican chaplain on air from Kenya, Wayne, 2E0FXY is once again active as 5Z4WH from Molo, Kenya. In his role as an Anglican chaplain, he visits this African country several times during a year. Activity is mainly on 20, 17 and 15 metres using SSB and FT8. Of late, Wayne has been seen on 15 metres FT8 between 600 and 800 hours Zulu. QSL via home call. Again, 2E0FXY. Special interest groups. Final frontier. FCC proposes five-year rule for dead satellite disposal. The Federal Communications Commission wants to do something about space junk in low Earth orbit. The agency published a proposal that, if adopted, would put a deadline on how long non-geostationary satellites can stay in space. As things stand, voluntary NASA guidelines published in the 1990s recommend dead satellites deorbit within 25 years. The FCC wants to adopt a five-year rule that would require domestic satellite operators and companies that want access to the US market to dispose of their non-functioning satellites as soon as they can. Look up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Johnny Walker, well maybe not Johnny, but Blue Walker 3, the largest commercial communications array ever, has just launched. Expect to see it. It's huge and bright. The problem is, it might outshine all stars and planets. Last weekend, SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket launched a giant satellite into space called Blue Walker 3. It's a prototype which is to create a space-based mobile broadband network. This is only one of multiple satellites planned for the space mobile constellation, some even bigger than Blue Walker 3. Its size? Well, once the satellite unfurls, which it will do in the next few weeks, the antenna will measure 64 square metres. A small spacecraft designed to test out key components of NASA's Artemis program to the moon has run into trouble in space. The capstone probe is expected to act as a pathfinder for NASA's Gateway, a small space station designed to orbit the moon and act as a jumping-off point for crewed missions to the surface. Capstone's mission cantered around testing a never-before-used orbit to learn more about its stability before sending the Gateway to it. 
Advanced Space, which operates Capstone, said in a statement that the spacecraft is in safe mode after an engine burn and appears to be in a stable orbit. Mission managers are hoping to perform a detumble that will allow the spacecraft to point its solar panels to the sun and charge its batteries. AMSAT Board of Directors has made a commitment to support amateur radio's inclusion on NASA's Gateway, a small spaceship in orbit around the moon with living quarters for astronauts, a lab for science and research, ports for visiting spacecraft and more. Worldwide special interest groups, Internet, the HAMS domain. Win RF Calc, free RF calculator, now has an Internet website. To keep users informed about the capabilities of WinRF Calc, a website has been launched where current and future calculation tools are shown. It is rfcalculator.com. Worldwide special interest groups, IOTA. The RSGB IOTA contest was again very popular this year with over 2,300 entries. Most island and island de-expedition entries were made by European stations, followed by Asia and Oceania. A couple of AS locators to check on. EU031 Andy, Sparky, and RW3AH KL1A will be active as IC8 KL1A from Iskia Island until September 30th and you can queue yourself via OE1ZZZ. And EU032, PAT, F8BON, ceases activity Monday the 26th as TM2RE from RA Island. He has been on all HF bands using SSB and FT8. QSL via F5MFV, direct by the Bureau, or Club Logs OQRS. Now, Rescue Radio. On September 7th, Jan Socrates, VE0JSMM, and her sailboat, the SV Narada, set sail from Cape Flattery, the northwesternmost point of the contiguous US, to visit friends in San Francisco. But 35 knot winds and storms left her sailboat disabled and her onboard radio equipment marginally operational. Amateur operators in New Mexico, California and Canada and members of Group 7.155 heard her requests for assistance. They were able to make periodic contact with Jan Socrates and give her updated wind reports. Their last contact was as she was sailing with only the forward sail on her 38-foot sloop as she approached the Golden Gate Bridge. Socrates was able to use the tidal information passed on by amateur radio operators to make it safely to San Francisco Bay. Socrates said, I wouldn't call it a rescue, just good amateur radio assistance, and I'm grateful for their help. Jan Socrates is 81 years old and the oldest person to have ever sailed around the world unassisted. I'm Bruce, VK3 Triple F in sunny Bendigo. Thanks, Bruce. Now, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening to WIA and the National News Service. We'll leave the news this week with a final final. This final final from Roger Harrison. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. I've been listening and reading and thinking. It's not the sort of thought experiment that Einstein used to conduct about the universal laws of the cosmos. 
but I have been able to draw some clear conclusions. I'm talking about the recent proposal to use the AX prefix on our call signs over the past week to honour the death of Queen Elizabeth II. The proposal to use AX was advocated despite it being in breach of our licence conditions. The ACMA cautioned the proponent that proceeding to use AX in lieu of EK when using our call signs on air was a breach of the licence conditions determination, the LCD. The use of AX is limited to three specific days each year. 26th January, Australia Day, 25th April, Anzac Day, and 17th May, World Telecommunication Day. While it is a historically significant and solemn occasion worthy of appropriate commemoration, the ACMA's formal advice was very clear. It is not legal to use the AX prefix on this occasion, regardless of whether it is a major or minor breach. While the sentiment about honouring the death of Queen Elizabeth is appreciated, promoting a breach of our regulations, breaking the law, is not. Nonetheless, the chief proponent was out there, on the bands, signing AX and encouraging others to do the same, and on the internet. This sort of adventurism, thumbing our noses at the governance of our hobby or service, clearly undermines whatever standing radio owners may have in the hallowed halls of government authorities, the ACMA in particular, when it comes to the principles of self-regulation. It concerns me that one interpretation of the purpose of this episode is to do exactly that, demonstrate that amateurs, the Australian radio amateur community, and those who advocate for us, cannot be trusted. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. All on my own, not speaking for anyone else. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.